to help teach this class tonight on this five stages of prophecy. Five stages of prophecy. The first one is hearing. Second one, speaking. Third, revelation. The fourth is declaring, or actually uh, declaring is a little different than speaking. And you'll see that as we could describe each of them. And the last one is ministry. You being on a ministry team or prophetic team is ministry. So it's not for novice. So don't consider yourself a novice. Consider, consider yourself as a growing prophetic vessel at whatever level God has you at. Because we're not all supposed to be on the same level. What was number three? The third one was revelation. As God reveals things to you. Four was declaration. I like decreeing. And then five is ministry. And you should have a, um, a handout that each of those you can... It's going to take you through each one of those pretty quickly. That's why I wanted to give you the handout so we don't belabor as we go through the quick teaching. Okay, this is to help you understand where you are in your prophetic journey. I'm going to break down each stage. And each stage we're going to cover three bullets. What the stage means, how people progress through that stage, and then the practical steps you can take to grow and move into that to the next stage, from stage to stage. What makes me stronger in each stage? And each stage is never, you never lose them. It's, it's something that you just have to go through. You may not get them all in the same order either. Sometimes ministry comes before you even start learning because you didn't know you were just called out by somebody. And then you finally, you know, get into teaching and learning. So the first one is hearing, and we've talked a lot about hearing. It's about recognizing God's voice. This stage is about knowing his voice as he speaks to you. Early on when I taught about understanding and listening to God's voice, I would tell people that, well, his voice almost sounds like your voice speaking. Um, yeah. But as you, you get, you mature, it's, it, it starts to change and you know it's not your voice. It's his voice. It's kind of like it's over, it's like an overlap. Or an overlay. But um, initially, it, I think when he begins to train us, it helps us to hear and recognize something familiar. Uh, we, although we know we don't talk that way. But yet still, he has to use a voice so that you hear. One of the first things I remember him saying to me was, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That didn't come from outside to my hearing. That came from inside my spirit. So my, he used the, my voice, but my spirit. So if I cut off my voice and it came up out of my spirit, then my spirit would have a voice. And just recently, remember I shared my encounter where I heard the voice of my spirit man? Your spirit man does have a voice. But it's a supernatural you know, it's just, a, it's a manifestation that's supernatural. That in time, yes, that should be something that you should, too, be able to experience and acknowledge. Come from the voice of God? Your spirit voice. You, your, voice, your spirit itself has a voice. It's an individual spirit. So it's from the voice of God. So. It's coming from your spirit, man. But the voice of God, when it speaks through me, is the voice of God. Using my 
natural voice to speak out, both spirit and natural voice. <laughs> I know. Ah, it's a mystery. All right? Do we heard that a lot? Believe it. It's real. Although it's a mystery. It's like, okay, how does that happen? Well, it's a mystery. When I talk, really? to, when I talk to an angel, uh, angel had his own voice. It wasn't my voice. It wasn't the voice of God. And it wasn't Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit gave him permission to speak to me. And when he spoke to me, I heard him. And I heard the angel out here. Into my ear. Supernaturally. Because God allowed it. Amen. Holy Spirit allowed it. Amen. See, spiritual things are real out there, but the Holy Spirit, the spirit, supernatural things that God wants us to experience must come from Him. Although we know the enemy is pushy. And if you're open spiritually, you may see and you may hear demonic things. You got to be able to tell the difference. And that's where the spirit of discerning, of, the gift of discerning the spirits comes in. Where you some you can tell the difference, but it can be a fine line. Because last week I haven't I haven't left you, Claire. Hold on. Last week we talked about which was so important about divination and the difference of the fine line between divination and then speaking out of your own heart. You know, you can prophesy, but you want to hear the word that God's given you when you prophesy. You don't want it coming from your own heart or your own mind. Because you can really care about somebody and say some wonderful things about them. But that's you and not God. So you have to know the difference. That's why training and development is so important. Uh, Claire, did you have a question? You know, I was just going to say, you know how you were talking about God uses your voice to speak to you. Uh -huh. About the things that he wants to reveal. Yes. It, it would, you know, if, if, if God spoke to me. And somebody else's voice like that, and he was showing me something. I think I'd be going crazy. I, you know, it makes <laughs> sense. You know, God always wants to. He won't. He, he doesn't. He would never do anything or say anything that would scare you. You know, fear comes from the enemy. Mm -hmm. And so I, I believe this is just my opinion. That's why he uses our voice because it's something that we recognize mm -hmm. and yep. we're familiar with. Yep. When you first get started, yes, I agree with that as well. I know when I first had the angelic encounter that told me to come and leave, leave to go with him somewhere, <laughs> I about jumped out of my skin. But the first thing he said before I could even do that was do not be afraid. And it was such a loving voice that I knew it was God's voice. I knew it was holy, that I wasn't fearful. And I relaxed and I went. I don't know how I went, but I went. <laughs> so yes, there's, you know, it's just... It's just getting comfortable with spiritual things and realizing that the spiritual realm is really more real than the natural realm because the natural realm came out of the spiritual realm. It was there first. Amen. Everything was created as God spoke it forth from him, from the spirit. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Okay. So, uh. We're still on number one with hearing and just a brief description of that stage. Let's see what else do I want to say. You'll learn how to attune your spiritual ears to hear uh, hearing of his God and how he speaks to you personally. He'll even have a certain dialogue on how he'll speak to you. He'll speak to you differently than maybe he'll speak to someone else. The Lord knows that I like to 
research. So he gives me words that I have never heard before in my life. And I have to go look them up, see what they mean in order to, you know, to find out what he's trying to say to me. But he knows, he knows I do that. And I, I must enjoy doing that. And he enjoys seeing me do that. Dig and go find out what he's trying to say to me. Um, and as and as always, words that don't make sense to me, but they make a whole lot of sense once I look them up and explain and explains to me what he means. So his language to you may be different than it may be to someone else. And as you grow, you'll move from hearing God and the voice to actually listening. Now, it wasn't really a demonstration, but sometimes God sees it as a demonstration. A lot of times after we go from worship and he begins to speak through me, I'm listening to see what he wants me to say. I'm back here and he's up here and I'm, I'm following him. And that's what he was telling you all that we need to do to go into a different realm with him is to sit back and just listen and then just let him move you. And as he moves, you begin to hear because you pay attention. You're paying attention to uh, a change in your in an environment in any kind of way or in your spirit man or how you feel or what you smell or how you sense things. And that's how you know that God is speaking to you. So he'll speak to you in different ways. And remember that hearing is not just the vocal. Hearing involves all senses. Now, how you progress through it. B, how do you progress through that stage of hearing? Before we can share in prophecy or prophesy to somebody, we need to hear what God is saying and listen to him carefully. So when we teach to prophesy, teach you how to prophesy, there's different flows and each person has their own flow based on how God created you. Some, when we teach initially, because the gift of prophecy, what we call the simple gift of prophecy, the basic to edify and comfort and exhort, is more of a bubble up from your spirit. And that's how God starts. It, sounds, it feels like something's going on inside of me and I got to open my mouth. So you, you step out on faith and open your mouth. And it's a bubble or what we call an unction. Or we, you might hear someone call it a steering in your spirit, man. That comes not necessarily from hearing here. It comes from in here. So your spirit, man, has ears that hear. And you may not always connect it here. Sometimes people say, well, you hear it here first and then it goes up to your natural ear. Well, you're connected. You're still, you're, you're three-part beating. So you could hear both eventually at the same time. That's why you have to know the big difference between divination and, um, or what they call divining or prophecy. Remember, we define divination and divining as prophecy. It's, it is, that word does mean prophecy. Hearing and listening are two different things. Hearing requires you to open your spiritual ears, which is here, and learn to discern God's voice from all other voices that's going on. You learn to quiet your own voice down. Sometimes you just got to tell yourself to shut up. <laughs> your mind could just be going a mile a minute. How can you ever hear anybody or hear God even? I mean, you could be doing that and somebody's trying to talk to you and you don't listen to the instructions and you missed out on something. You don't know, you don't know what they said. I'm guilty. <laughs> your mind is over. <laughs> you can't do that. So when you're really trying to hear God, you have to pay attention in your spirit, man. 
listening now, the difference between hearing and listening, listening enables us not only to hear, but to focus on God's words and understand their full meaning. So you, you're, you hear words, you'll have key buzzwords and they mean certain things, maybe to you, but not to the next person. Okay, that's why I was saying how he may talk to you differently than he talks to someone else. Because your understanding of that word and how you use that word is different than my understanding of that word. Listening involves revelation, meaning he's revealing things to you. So you can't get a revelation of what he's trying to reveal to you if you're not listening. If you're not following. Listening is basically following. It's yielding to the spirit. It is a supernatural knowing you hear and understand what is being said, either visually or audibly. So you can also see, see with your spiritual eyes. And I'm crossing over to like being a seer, but people who see don't necessarily have to be seers. Their spiritual eyes are just open. Listening to God. Yes, ma'am. I have a question. Yes, speak up. <laughs> so listening is following. So you, you liken that to also seeing in the spirit. If we see something and we act on it, that's also known as, we can liken that to listening and following as well. Right? Yes, yes. Because when you're seeing something, a lot of times it's a picture that God is drawing. Okay. And it's movement. Remember I said in the spirit, it's always movement. Nothing stagnant. And if you like dreams or if he gives you a word, I, you know, just the other morning, I, he gave me a word. And I said, I'm going to remember that, Lord. I woke up and I could not remember for nothing. I beat myself up all day because I didn't know what that word was. And I thought I missed God. And I did miss him at that point. I missed him for being lazy. Just didn't get up and write it down. I should have. I know better. <laughs> but we, we, we all <laughs> we make mistakes all the time. We're just human. And he knows it. He might just sit there and laugh at us. Because <laughs> I know I'm very funny when it comes to supernatural things. But yeah, you, it's, it's movement. So if you close your eyes and then you don't think about it anymore, it's gone. That's why you need a journal. If you don't have a journal now, get a journal. Because now you're going to be more in tune. You write everything that happens. And you know, I, I try to keep a pad right by my bed. Or I'll use my phone and, and can talk into my phone. Or I can type into my phone. It's just you got to do something when you receive it. Because you receive it in the spirit. You don't receive it with your natural mind. Your spirit receives it. It can go, like I said, you can do both at the same time if the Holy Spirit allows it. Especially if you have supernatural encounters that involve both. You know, when you, when you like go to heaven and do things like that, that stuff is stamped on you. You don't forget those things. You can talk about it like it happened just yesterday. But other spiritual things are like a flight by night. You know, like, uh, like dreams. You get them, they're there, and they're gone. Because we're just naturally dreamers. But your spirit man never sleeps. It's always awake. It's always in the presence of God. It's always praising God. It's always there. But your mind isn't. This crazy body has to rest. <laughs> okay. So... To listen to God is active, called active hearing. So the sequence of growth in the hearing stage is this. Number one, you learn to hear God's voice and know that he speaks today. Just know that. Know that he speaks today. You learn to discern his voice. Know his voice from any other voice. 
from any other voice. The only reason why I would say that God is wanting me to hear the spirit, hear my spirit's voice, because he's going to do something else in me where I need to know the difference between his spirit speaking to me and my spirit speaking to me. Because my spirit wants everybody to be happy and, and feel good. It's in the same, you, I don't know, I, I don't have that number. You just have to add it under that section somewhere. Sorry. <laughs> under hearing. I know I'm, I'm, it's a lot of more words than it is space for you. So you have to take your notes however you decide to take them. But, uh, you know, I was, I think it was Kelly I was ministering to one day. I was prophesying. And as I was prophesying, I was waiting for, I was following. And then, and then if there's a, like a pause in my following to hear, I want to say something that I want to say, and I have to stop and draw back. You have to, you have to know, is it you or is it the spirit of God? Was he done? Maybe he was done. I wasn't for sure. But I had this desire in my spirit to, to, uh, to minister. Maybe that's a good word for it. But prophecy is not ministry. Prophecy is given the word of the Lord. Ministry is like counseling, guiding, teaching, listening. Back in, you know, it's a kind of two-way thing when you minister to someone, right? Does that, I hope that makes sense. If not, it will as we go further along in our teachings. And then finally, not only discerning his voice, that you listen actively. And we already said all those things. I just kind of summarized them. Now, how do you grow in hearing? You find the time and places to hear God. Just like we were here and we got quiet and we were in ministry and we ministered to the Lord. We got quiet. After we ministered to the Lord, the Lord wants to minister to you. He will talk to you then. You find a quiet time for God to speak back to you. Uh, sometimes studying your Bible. You can be reading something and you don't understand and you just start asking the Lord. And then if you're quiet enough, he'll start telling you something about what you're reading. At least give you an example of it. But you know, it's, it's a two-way communication. It's not all you talking. And it's not always going to be all him talking. If you don't evoke him, evoke him by asking, pursue him, embrace him, then, you know, it's, you're probably not going to hear much from him, much as you'd like to. And that's what prayer is. Prayer, prayer is petitioning, but it's also listening. So when you pray, you want to make sure you're listening back. You don't want to have a list, a shopping list of desires. He already knows all those things anyway. So I just don't even call it prayer. I just call it, you know, just communion, communing, communion with God. When you pray, you make a conscious effort to listen. You're spending time with him. He just wants to spend time with you. He wants to love on you and hug on you. And everyone is unique. And so he is unique with your relationship with him. My relationship with God will be different than your relationship with him. And that's how you learn to hear more. And the more that you know him, the more that you'll hear him. The more that you know him, the more that you'll understand his ways. The more that you know him and spend time with him, the more he'll trust you with more information. Not that he can't trust you because he thinks you're going to, you know, sin. It's not that kind of trust. It's the kind of trust of, okay, I'm growing. I want more. I'm going to keep on growing. 
You know, that's the kind of trust where he'll give you more. Speaking. This stage means once you have learned to hear God's voice, then you begin to speak what he says. This is about going beyond listening to God and sharing what you hear in prophecy, sharing what you even see in prophecy. And so when we go forth as a prophetic team, we're just sharing what God is saying to us about somebody, about an individual, or even about you know a church. The, the, it depends on the platform um, and what the, desi- what the intent of that meeting is, is how you minister. And so we're going to be ministering as a team. We're going to be doing individual ministry to individuals in the, in the uh, congregation as God draws us to that person. And there are many times when it was my turn, you know, we went down the line one person at a time, took their time, and they, you gave a word. You didn't, you know, it was usually, most of, most of the words are about a minute. Sometimes if, if somebody goes like three minutes, that's a long word. <laughs> that's why they say limited to three <laughs> Uh, sometimes if you're drawing a picture, you see a picture and God's doing something, it might take that long. Or if you're singing, if he gives you a psalmist, you're singing, it might take a little longer. But an average word, it should only take about a minute because a minute is long when you're talking. Um, and then that, that's about all people really can receive at one time. And we're going to encourage them to record on their phones. Back in the day, <laughs> I'm kind of aging myself. We did everything on cassettes. We recorded every everybody's uh, word and then gave it to them after they after the word was given. But um, what what we're going to do is that during that stage, you're just giving what God is saying. You're going to speak out what you hear Him saying in your spirit, and we will have practice it. So it's really going to flow. Mainly, this setting is mainly for the gift of prophecy to flow. And to allow people to uh, be in the presence of a prophetic environment. Some people have no clue what a prophetic environment is like. It's not, sometimes they think it's us all wild and wildfire. No, (laughs) it's very conducive to hearing the voice of God. What we experience here when we come is a prophetic environment. Just about anyone should be able to prophesy or hear God's voice or want to worship him in a prophetic environment. Because that's basically what prophetic means. It means to worship. It means to proclaim the goodness of God and release what he is saying to everyone. So everybody benefits from it. And then there's other types of prophecies. There's congregational prophecies that someone in the audience might stand up and release a word. But typically it's like really a hush before it's released. It's a very, very holy setting. So that's one thing. We control and manage. Not, control is not a good word. Maybe it's more manage and flow with the holiness and the anointing that's in the room. We're responsible for that Amen. as the team. If we feel like getting bogged down, somebody should be able to stand up. Usually it's the leader should be sensitive enough to say, hey, can we just stop for a minute and everybody pray in the spirit? You know, to bring everybody's focus back on. It's not, this is not a show. This is not coming from our heads. This is serious. You know, this is how God wants to speak to us. This is another means of how he speaks to us. Um, Other times you would see prophetic people is with presbyteries. 
Presbyteries are typically five-fold ministers that go forth and flow, and they typically flow in a setting where people are being ordained or licensed or commissioned, or like with um, Mitchell, Apostle Mitchell, that's just recently uh, honored him for being, he was a pioneer as like the first apostle in this area. And they honored him like with so many years of, I think it was 50 years of ministry or something like that. And then all the prophetic presbytery will do the same thing like we're going to be doing, but it's at a whole different type of level mm -hmm. and function and outcome and purpose. Okay, make sense? Okay. So back to speaking. People progress through speaking uh, by listening. <laughs> so when you hear and listen God, uh, he, will, he will say and do things in different ways. So you don't want to box him in. He may just give you one word. He may just say, he, okay, so hope. I say hope. Um, I'll say, what is your name? And you'll say hope. Uh -huh. And I'll say, please stand up. And hope will stand up. And then as she stands, I'm listening for the Lord to, tell, to give me something. He may have given it to me before I even even ask her. But if he did, see, this is faith, faith walk. If he didn't, I just wait and look at, look at Hope, giving her eye contact. And, and I see, keep seeing the color blue. And so I would take the blue and start prophesying what he's saying about blue for Hope. Now, you know how that's how we practice before we just use like colors or somebody's name or something that they did, things of that extent. Of course, the words are, that's real basic. The words I feel are be much, much, most of them will be a little bit more deeper and specific than that example, but that's just one small example. Sometimes he'll give you something for somebody before you get to them. And then before they get to you, this other person that's ahead of you <laughs> got the same thing and they called them out before you got them. <laughs> But what's it showing you? Confirmation. Every, you're here, everybody's hearing what God said about that person. And so we work as a team. We work together. And we're going to be encouraging each other by praying softly in the spirit as people go forth. As a person goes forth, they're looking at, like if someone's prophesying to Sheila, everybody's looking at Sheila, and all of us are looking at Sheila, and we're just standing there praying in the spirit, under the spirit, as this, whoever's delivering the word delivers the word. That's to get alongside and support as, as team, a team, team ministry. So this type of setting and this type of operation is something that sometimes people have never been exposed to until they are. Once they are, they get more comfortable with it. And then the more that you do it, the more that you'll see how fluent and how quick and how many people you can hit. You know, it'd be our first time. We're pioneering. We may not hit but 10, 15 people. We may go through the line once and we go, may go through the line twice. And that might be it. Because it's taken us a little longer because it's taken the congregation a little longer to warm up to it. But if you've got a congregation of people who have been involved and around it for a long time, we used to have people that came from all over. And the, the room would be like 100 people. And there's only like 10 or 12 of us. But we would have, I would have prophesied my own self to six or seven people. And that's just me. So if we say six or seven and there's 10 of us, we could have easily hit 60 people. You know, and gave them word of the Lord. Sometimes your word of the Lord is just a scripture. And then many, and I, like I said, I saw the psalmist on, especially Kelly and Jessica, 
But I think Chanel has that too, where she could sing in the spirit over someone, release the word of the Lord in, in song, in music. Mm -hmm. Did you have a question, Chanel? No, you're just listening. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I'm laughing so as the as you speak here we go again how you progress through the speaking stage you got to start practicing you got to start doing this prophesy to your daughter prophesy to your husband somebody said prophesy to your dog they can't they can't speak back <laughs> but prophesy prophesy to yourself prophesy to whatever if god gives you a word for someone you know, ask him to give you a word for somebody. Ask him. You could be in the grocery store just shopping. And just say, Lord, is there anyone here that needs a word of encouragement? Can you, can you have them speak to me or get, they get my attention? I know that's them. And then say what he said he's saying. You know, you just say, I, I feel. No, it's not. Don't use the word think as much as feel. Or I sense, you know, or I, I hear because you're hearing. I hear the Lord saying. That's what we will do here. I hear the Lord saying, and then you speak. Okay? But when you're in a store, it's kind of hard to say, I hear the Lord saying. But you, if you're bold enough, you can. God told me to come to you and say, he loves you. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Sometimes people need to know that. Just like that. <laughs> I ran into that um, yesterday. Mm -hmm. There was a man downstairs in the hotel and immediately I was taking my dog out and I heard Jesus loves you and I was like oh I, well I, I hear I, I didn't know how to say it Jesus loves you just like you did just you know, like you got I it hear, just when I hear him I just hear it so yeah. I just want to say Jesus loves you and I was like oh awesome but I yeah. was like okay how was I supposed to enter <laughs> you don't have to really if he encounters you with someone you don't even have to say you know like here we're going to make it formal we're going to say their name we usually say their name for the tape when we're taping but, you know, it's good to repeat their name back. Sometimes they hear their name and know you're talking to them. Because it's God saying, I hear the Lord saying. I hear the Lord saying. I hear God say, saying this. You know, that's how you, you prophesy. Okay? You know, last time when I was here, the time I bought a donut. Like, oh, oh, yes. That morning, I woke up. I was getting ready to mm -hmm. come over here. And I was running a little bit late. I just heard it so loud. I had donuts. Uh-huh. Initially, I don't know what it, you know. After a while, I keep thinking. I just heard it. Uh-huh. Turn around and turn around. I said, who said that? Uh-huh. Then, uh... Did it come out of your own mouth when you heard it? No, I just You didn't speak it, it from your spirit up? You just no, heard it. I heard it, it on my yeah. ear. You can hear. Yeah. From, so, God can speak that way, too. Um, so I was getting it. A lot of times he uses an angel. <laughs> so, uh, I stopped by the donut. I bought the donut. So yes. That's how I bought that donut. Yes, yes. I didn't plan it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And people just love them donuts. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, they you were supposed to get those donuts. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> and it was the act behind it that mattered. People saw the love from that, that you thought about them. There was a care. There's so much you can read into something or, or you know, how people accept things. Yeah. That's being led by the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't plan it, like I said. Mm -hmm. I just had a exactly. <laughs> yep. That, I think a lot of times we hear people say, I hear audible voice. I heard God. There's always boom or whatever. Sometimes, you know, really what you're hearing, you hear angels. 
that speak. <laughs> it was very yeah. I bet it was. Very <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. I know the one that I was speaking with, he had this uh, authoritative, you know, but he was just, he just, knew, he just, you know, you just didn't mess with them. You know, you didn't mess with them. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're, we're, we're trying to finish up speaking. That's why I gave you the outlines. We receive words. You can receive words through a Bible verse. Sometimes he'll give somebody a scripture and you may verbatim quote the scripture or, you know, say it and you may not have it word for word. Or you would actually say the scripture, Second Samuel, so and so and so and so. I hear that for you. You know, uh, you know that's something that the Lord wants you to receive. They may not have to read it then, but they'll read it when they get home. Sure, of course. Um, and there's other. You know, He can also give you dreams and visions. I can remember before going forth before uh, team ministry, we we're going to minister. Sometimes, especially if I was one that was a lead for it, He would tell me people who were going to be there. Oh, there's going to be a lady there in a red dress, and I want you to minister to her. And he tells me what, you know, the, the gist of what the word should be. So, you know, you just have to always be open to how God uses you. He'll use you in different ways. It could be in a vision or a dream. Is it or he, that speaking too? Huh? The dreams and vision, is that that speaking? That's speaking. That's God speaking. Oh. In a dream or a vision. He, when he, I dream a whole lot. So he began to tell me with my dreams, they were going to become, they were gone. They are prophetic words. So not all of our dreams are prophetic words, but I need to learn the ones that were and the ones that weren't because <laughs> I dream a lot too. he, well, he had, he had to teach me. It's training. He'll train you to know which ones are his and which ones are just for you or which ones are just nothing. Sometimes they're just for you and you, you know, you pray about it. And many times you have dreams, you don't even remember what they were. It was just, you know, you know, you dream. You can, I, you know, you can have 10, 20 dreams a night and not remember any of them. <laughs> Most of the dreams you remember are dreams that are vivid dreams, which are dreams that are kind of like out of body experiences that you may have encounters. Or uh, you have them right after you wake up and they're very fresh. And that's why you write them down. But if you didn't write them down, you probably wouldn't remember them even if, once you wake up and they're fresh. It's just that, remember that, that thing I was telling you about? It's your spirit that's being communicated to. Our mind here is where we have memory with our brain. But our spirit is separate from our body. Our body is just, we just have a body. We're in a body. So we have to learn how to coexist in two places. The natural realm and the spiritual realm. And it's like learning, going so through school. Your spirit mind doesn't have memory or something? No, I'm not saying it doesn't have memory. It's a different type of memory. Um, your spirit man is, is different from your natural body. And there's definitely a difference, but we as humans don't know all this stuff about how God created us and why. So he teaches each of us and we learn. And then he has certain people like me being a teacher or called out in the fivefold ministry. Certain people he'll call out because he'll reveal more, more of it to help others understand. And, but I have to go through the experience and have it revealed to me before I can release it to any, anyone else. 
for me to say or have the experience of hearing the voice of my spirit. And I never really even, even thought about having a, my spirit having a separate voice, but it has its own voice. If it has its own voice, it has its own eyes, its own ears, its own mouth, and whatever mental capabilities it's supposed to have. But it's limited. Because I'm, I'm, I'm in a body here. Yeah. I'm not at my fullness. Like us, we're not in our fullness of our spirit until that time happens. Amen. Now Adam was, yeah. was in the fullness of his spirit, man. Basically they say your spirit, like with Jesus and Adam, knows everything. It's eternal. It knows it from the beginning from the end, like, like God. Some even think, okay, omnipresent, omniscient, or whatever that word is. <laughs> I never pronounce it right. All those other things that are characteristics of God that our spirit man would have had if Adam would not have sinned, where it was taken away. And so it's dampered. It's like half. The, it's, it's like we're watered down. We can't experience the fullness of the spirit because we're not in the spirit all the time. We're in the natural all the time. But our spirit is in the spirit all the time. But not the fullness of the three part being is not in the spirit all the time. So there's limitations. That's why you can't remember everything spiritually. Because God told me recently, your spirit man, and here's a reminder, I knew that, your spirit man never sleeps. Your spirit man is always in the presence of God and is always praising God. And when I wake up and roll over and I look up and I see angels and I see uh, the last ones he told me they were seraphs in the room, it's the throne. I'm at the throne worshiping God. My spirit man but my, my flesh is laying there in the bed resting. Not that he couldn't take my whole flesh and me to heaven. The only time I think I thought my... No, I, I don't think I've ever had that happen. There's some people that talk about how oh, I've been to heaven. They walk the streets of heaven and all that. But I think you can still do that spiritually and not necessarily have your physical body with you. Because yeah, Jesus has a glorified body. Mm-hmm. And I always sense like when I was taken up for the call with the, the hand, the call, I was called out to come to heaven. I saw my spirit man there, but I knew I was still sitting there on the sofa napping or in my trance. And then the time that I was with the children, and that was really kind of really like I wasn't, it was like I felt like my physical body was there, but I don't know if it was or not. And then the other time when I got, I was taken up and trolled in front of the dancing, in front of the Lord in, his, in the throne room. I knew that I was still standing there by this chair worshiping in this meeting, this huge meeting where <laughs> it was huge. It was Oral Roberts University with the Azusa. And it was, it was crazy. But I was, phew, he took me up. Well, that but makes I, sense. You mm-hmm. said um, 
In my earlier training years, I used to do that a lot too. Wake up singing, praying in the Holy Ghost. Just, yeah. You know, we go through development stages where we're developing. Our spirit man is developing. We were really off here. Can we get back on? How do you grow in your speaking? Uh, you ask God to speak more often to you, of course. And we're going to be doing that when we um, stand and do some prophesying. Uh, practicing because we got like four, we got six weeks in preparation mm-hmm. for when we met it, when the team ministers. Mm-hmm. Um, I know if you guys heard of Matt so- Soger, S O R G E R, he always says you should prophesy the golden people. So whenever you release a word, you want to prophesy what in them is, is treasures, pulling out the golden people. You know, you want God to show you things and people that's going to bless them and to encourage them and edify them. That's why it's called prophecy is edifying, comfort, and exhorting. Because you're pushing and encouraging and, you know, acknowledging the beautiness of, of the God in them. So you're pulling out jewels and pearls and things like that. And then you learn how to process your prophetic words and pictures by writing things down. That's the most important thing is to write things down and to practice, 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 practice. And eventually, I'm sorry, edify, exhort, and comfort. That's in 1 Corinthians 14. You want to read that chapter. Comfort. Edify, exhort, and comfort. That's the main purpose of the gift of prophecy. The main purpose. 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 14. That whole chapter is on prophecy. Okay. Okay, number three, revelation. Next stage. So after you've learned how to hear God and speak, then you're going to, he's going to start to reveal deeper things to you, which is understanding. Revelation is basically understanding. If he reveals something, you don't know how you understood it or how it came, but he said it. And it, so he's revealing something to you that was unknown, unknown to your psyche. And that's revelation. Uh, revelation is, of course, still about hearing. We must do the, the one to, uh, let's see, what am I? That's not what I want to say. Anyway, there's a deeper level. You can go deeper and you, you achieve it by asking the Lord to reveal to you. And then there's gifts that function for revelation, the gift of Word of knowledge, the gift of word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. You can also receive revelation through the impartation of the anointing. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And these are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You start to get more detail about the word that he's given you to release. The more you practice. Word of knowledge and word of wisdom sometimes can be as a picture. So how do you practice this? Well, we're going to do that after that we get done with a little bit. A couple more things I'm covering and we're going to sh- I'll show you. 
Um, and then you've got Revelation 2, seers kind of all flow in the gift of these three gifts that are read First Corinthians 12. They're called the revelatory gifts because they reveal something. They don't always do something, but they reveal information and knowledge and understanding. You grow by your relationship with God, seeking him more, asking him to show you more. It's about that, uh, what's that word? Um, it's not dedication. It's when you are, you make the sacrifice. What sacrifices are you making to grow? What sacrifices are you making to have the will of God on your life come to pass? You have to make yourself available. You have to schedule time with God. You have to have time that's... Uh, Spent, as I talked about earlier, getting to know him and his ways, reading his word, knowing his heart, asking him for his heart. And then you have declaration, which is number four, when you decree and declare. Declaration is going deeper than hearing and understanding. It's going deeper because you begin to uh, speak. God's words and his truths. You know more about what he expects and wants. And so as you prophesy, this kind of prophecy may come forth, especially in a congregational prophecy, prophetic utterance. When you're declaring, you will learn greater confidence and boldness when sharing prophecy and declaration. Your progress through declaration by, uh, you can read Isaiah 55, 10 through 11, Isaiah 55, 10 to 11. It talks about the word of the Lord not returning to him void. It's like sowing a seed. When you prophesy to somebody, you're releasing seeds in people's hearts and in their spirits that will grow and develop because the word itself is life. Remember, our words can be curses or blessings, blessings and cursings, and watch what comes out of your mouth. And that's why I wanted you guys to listen to that one video I sent to because we personally need to know we're responsible for our, our own hearts. We're responsible for what we call self-deliverance. We're responsible for staying clean and having a clean vessel and having a clean heart and having a circumcised heart. That's our responsibility. Holiness. Yes, holiness. And it's something we have to make a concerted effort to do on a daily basis. And since we're going to be releasing words to God's people, it has to be his word. It has to be holy. We're practicing, yeah. And we, I, I explain that when we have the ministry, that we're all growing. We're all at different levels. Do you give us permission to practice on you? We may not be perfect, but, you know, you're going you're gonna to allow us for our gift to flow. And you'd be surprised how many people in the audience get excited about seeing something like that. That's how I found out that I'm supposed to prophesy. I was in a meeting and there was a team that went forth. There probably was about 20 of them up front, but it was huge. It was at Victory Church when we had that big revival. And I stayed on the edge of my seat the whole time. I kind of was wanting, oh, do I want them to call me? Oh, no, no, I don't want them to call me out. I just want to watch. And I was watching. I was watching what they was doing. And it's like, I was getting so excited. And I wanted it. And I wanted to do it. It's like, no, I don't want a word though, but I want to do that. So it's, you know, this kind of thing is just so amazing. 
for people who don't know what God is, wants them to do or has called them to do. It sets off gifts. You know, you could be prophesying to somebody and he could be activating a gift in somebody and you not even know it. You could be prophesying to somebody and he could be releasing healing and you don't even know it because you don't see it because it's in the supernatural. Angels can be laying on hands while you're ministering to them with the word going forth. It's just awesome. It's just, it's just, that's all I'm going to say. It's just an awesome setting. So I'm excited about it if you guys aren't. I hope you get more and more excited about it. But the more we get closer to it, the more we train, the more bold we get, the more confident we get. And you're always, you're supposed to always have that reverential fear of the Lord. It's what causes the anointing to come because you humble, reverential feel fear of the Lord, or you reverence him. You know, they say the spirit of fear. Well, we don't have the spirit of fear, but we have the fear of the Lord when we minister or whenever you go before God's people because you don't want to miss it. And he doesn't want you to miss it any more than you want to miss it. But because we humble ourselves and we allow him to flow through us, he shows up big time. It is just amazing. You just stand there with your mouth open. (laughs) How do they know that? That's what the people will do. They'll say, how the heck do they know that about me? <laughs> oh, God loves me. Or people might start breaking down and crying. Sometimes we've had meetings where we started off with the team. I may have said this the last time, but so I might be redundant. And, and the team, only maybe two people got to go forth on the team because we had to shut down the team to minister to all the people that were hurting. <laughs> we had to have a call up a ministry line to come up to have people be prayed for because <laughs> that's what we needed and not a, not a prophetic team ministry so that's leadership following the flow and what needed to happen yeah so awesome god is awesome amen so this is what we you get to the point where you're decreeing and declaring and you're decreeing and declaring with boldness uh you weren't here kelly but the first 30 minutes or so we were in prayer with my lead on the prayer line from the women's fellowship And we were boldly hitting some areas and knocking down some stuff and fighting in the spirit realm. And this is kind of how this comes in. And it can come forth through prophecy, but it's, you know, you're, it's, uh, it could be sharp. You know, it's kind of like sometimes you're almost like doing surgery with your words. But you have the right word and the right delivery. And it's always going to be the right person that delivers the right word to the right person. It's amazing how it happens. We don't have any control because we yield. We just let him do it. Anyway, that's, a, that's just an example of dec- the decreeing and declaring that happens. You can also look at 1 Corinthians 13.1. Because here Paul talks about spiritual gifts. And that if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels... But do not have love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. What you want is the love of God deep in your heart to flow out for his people. Prophecy flows as a result of love. That's why between 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 is the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. So all three of those chapters we need to devour. And really study them. How do you grow in declaration? Well, 
You start to speak over yourself. Uh, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues every day. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Whatever you can do until you continue to grow. Sometimes you have to remind yourself to. I, at one time, my developmental time, all I did was pray in tongues. Like, do I ever do anything else? It was just so, it was just so automatic. That was always on. Now I have to remind myself to pray in tongues. Or wait for the Spirit to hit me and then I'll pray in tongues. So I guess I don't maybe need it as much. But praying in tongues is important because it gives you uh, strength. It builds you up. It builds your spirit man up. And you speak mysteries. <laughs> and you, you, you receive revelation. And just so much that can happen when you pray in tongues. You want to join a prophetic group? Yay, you guys are. You're going to be on the prophetic team. But so that's how you um, exercise declaration. And then the last one was ministry. Sometimes, like I said, ministry can come first. You know, you, you grow at the level wherever God has you. But, uh, you know, you start off with the gift of prophecy and you become a minister. And any and then the more you practice it, the more... Uh, Effective you will come, the more confident you will come, the more accurate you will come. People will come and say, you know, you gave me a word and that word came to pass. You hear that a lot when you start hitting people and you don't know who they are. You don't know what you said. All you can say is, oh, wow, praise the Lord. Thank you, God. You know, God was good because he spoke through me. You know, you just acknowledge the fact that he can, if he can use you, he can use you, he can use you. If he can use me, he can use you too. So that's, that's the premise behind this all. And that's why it says in the Bible, all should covet or desire strongly to prophesy because it edifies the body. It builds us up. We are the body of Christ and it builds us up. And then, in, you know, in the ministry, you could be called higher and be actually called into a fivefold, which is the office of a prophet. And that will come over time. As people acknowledge you and as you grow uh, in the things of the Lord. But remember, God is the one that calls you and not man. Um, I know for me, when I got uh, spirit filled, I would always have these other, I, I mean, I always dreamt and saw things in the spirit and things like that. But it seems like when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit is when it all really, everything opened up. <laughs> it was really open. And then because of that, People acknowledged the call, but I had no clue I had a call. And people were saying that, you know, you have a call. You're going to be a minister. You're going to, you're going to be, you, I think um, the first prophetic word I got from McGee, Marshall McGee was, um, you're going to have a healing ministry. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be a BN. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't want that. <laughs> I saw what he had to do and go through. No, no, no. Uh, but, you know, I had the anoint, healing anointing in my hands. He acknowledged the healing. So there's things that people will begin to see on you as you begin to walk into and what God has for you. And as those gifts get activated in your lives. And then it's not, no, it's not really for you. Remember, the gifts aren't for us. They're for other people. And then whatever he is, what venue he puts you in or, or um, group that you're called to, that's who those are to be used for and not, not necessarily yourself. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to close and we're going to be, do a, an activation. So, Father, we thank you 
for your word. We thank you that you continue to uh, feed us and give us what we need as we grow and develop in the area of the prophetic. That each of us are in our own individual strengths and our places in you, God. And we, we thank you that the word earlier was that you were opening it up so that we would learn to flow with you and enter into new realms and dimensions in the spirit, especially prophetically, as we develop as strong, 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 accurate, prophetic uh, people. And we pray, Lord God, for the release of the gift of prophecy, that it be active and activated here tonight, Lord God, in each person who desires to prophesy. We say the word of the Lord come forth, come forth in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. So the teaching for tonight is entitled Prophetic Ministry Team Protocol. So we're going to talk about protocol. Purpose. What is the purpose of a protocol? is to guide the prophetic process with standards and certain behaviors. Number two, maintain the integrity of prophetic ministry to keep it pure of human manipulation and intimidation. Three, what to do with the revelation once received. So proto, a protocol also helps determine the processing of the prophetic. Okay. What is a protocol? A protocol is a system of rules that explain correct conduct and procedures to be followed in a formal situation. It is a code of etiquette, rules or guidelines used to maintain conduct and order. So it's to keep things in, in order and that everybody is on the same understanding. When you're on the same team, there's a set of rules that you follow. You know, football players know what their position is and they know what the rules are, same for like basketball players. And even if you talk about a team, an administrative team in a business, you've got your, your CEO, your COO, your CFO, your managers, directors, etc. Everybody knows what the rules are or what the policies are. So that's another word for a protocol is policy. God loves order and following protocol. And when someone establishes the proper conduct and procedure, this allows things to be run smoothly and done decently and in order. Prophetic people must follow instructions and directions. Very, very important, especially if the Lord speaks something to you. He's given it to you a certain way, and that's the way you have to actually release it. He'll tell you what to do, when to do, and how to do it. That's, that's protocol. That's following directions. We must do things in decency and order. 1 Corinthians 14:40 says, "Let all things be done decently and in order." As a leader, and you all are leaders, we're leaders, we must understand following the pro the proper channels and chain of command, God works through the excellence of order. Therefore, if someone has set order and has specified how that how they want things done, we must follow what that procedure is because that order has already been established. The outcome, basically. Those in charge will be mature enough to handle the different attitudes and characters of the people so that they won't become offended 
when they have to deal with those who are out of order and come with bad spirits. A lot of times a leader has to take a lot of mess, right, from those that follow. Sometimes the ones that are following are the ones that don't really need to be, need to be on the team. And sometimes that's what eliminates people from being on the team. It's because they just can't submit <laughs> and follow instructions and direction. And God chooses us because we are able to submit. He breaks us. He breaks our wheels. Our will becomes his will. And we become submitted to what he wants done. So the Prophetic Institute team which is us, the prophetic team. This is the protocols. It serves the ecclesia, which is the church, as those who are committed to the ministry team to provide prophetic ministry under the oversight of the pastor and direct supervision of the senior prophet to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And that's out of 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. The people of our congregation in improved settings. So we do this in uh, the congregation in a setting that's been approved, already set and ordained, and it's kind of like it's been you've gotten permission to have it. That's so important as you function as a team. We function as a team working together. We believe that every member is a minister and has the ultimate responsibility to hear what God is saying to him or her. We also will encourage the ministry of prophecy in appropriate ecclesia settings. That means any kind of setting we think might be appropriate, we would hope that team ministry can go forth to minister to the people. The, the uh, following protocol has been adopted. The first one is humility, and we'll go, we'll go through each of these. Humility, the number two is submission. Number three, training. Four is grace. That's your gift, the measure of your gift. Number five, confirmation. Six, consecration. That's what we're doing now, consecrating. And seven is confidentiality. Those are key principles for our protocol. Key areas, or sometimes people call them core values. Core values. Okay, so let's look at hum humility is the first one. We prophesy in part. It is important that we humbly present what we believe the Lord might be saying in a tentative delivery style uh, is best. It is not our job to hear God for others, but to help them hear God for themselves. Sometimes people will come to you and ask you for a word. That's not our responsibility. They must seek God for themselves. We encourage them to pray and, and listen to what God is telling them. We prophesy in part, therefore, we must never presume to possess all revelation concerning a situation or a person. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. That's in Philippians 4, verse 5. Jesus said, the word comes as a seed. Don't expect immediate fulfillment. Back to humility as far as the scripture references. I'm going to read them. I have them already printed out. 1 Peter 5 and 6 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. James 4, 
verses uh, 6 and uh, reads, But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Okay. Submission. That's the next core value, to be submitted. That means to be submitted to a local church. It means to be under authority, to have covering, what we call covering. To have authority, we must be under authority. We must minister the prophetic gift with humility and in a spirit of submission and must submit to the authority structure of the church. Everybody is submitted to somebody. Sometimes people tell you they don't need a covering. They're submitted to God. God's their covering. That might be true in the spiritual sense, but in the natural real world, you need some covering. You need somebody that's going to be praying for you that God will prompt and use to pray for you. And you don't even know that they're doing it, but that's because you're in the right position with God. Remember my motto is if you out of position, you're out of order. Things can't really work for you when you're out of order. Words of a strong or confrontational nature must be submitted to someone in authority over you. That means a pastor or a minister before submitted to the recipient. Words of this type should be submitted in printed form, ideally, but they are recorded. The following protocol is standard for our prophetic ministry for corporate words. The prophet submits to the pastor. This is something that somebody gets and they feel is for the church. It's not for a certain person. That's what we call a corporate word. You submit, you submit it to the pastor or whoever their oversight is to let them hear what's, what God is saying. And, and a lot of times they can bear witness with that word because God has, has already spoken to them or they've already seen it. It's amazing how that happens. The prophet communicates or the person communicates what he hears to the pastor or the chief prophet. The elder judges it, interprets, strategizes, and executes the will of God expressed in the prophecy. So they try to explain uh, what the prophecy means. Because sometimes you don't know. And then sometimes you may know. And then, then there's scripture that can back it up. So that's where the next step comes to. What's the next step into making sure that word gets released? So it is to be understood that conflicts will be handled according to the Lord's teaching in Matthew 18. That whole chapter is a good one to read. And it's dealing with personal uh, conflict in which personal private contact is the first approach. And so that's when you, you know, when you're a leader, you have to realize that you may have to be confrontational. You may have to counsel people. You may have to what they call, quote unquote, I don't like hearing it, sit somebody down or, or shut somebody down. Sometimes that is used as a controlling and manipulating um, term that could, you know, be border on being like witchcraft. So, you know, this type of stuff is real serious as, it, as God, as it pertains to the Lord. Now, we look at the script, some of the scriptures under submission. And, you know, submission is a process just like humility and just like growing. You go from one level to another and God has a way of taking you there until he gets you there. It may be just, you know, initially learning how to submit to your spouse. Maybe, you know, sometimes 
we think we got to have the last word or, <laughs> or we're always right. But you don't really have to be. And that's how God can take you to submit. You can submit that to him by or being humble by leaving it alone and taking it to prayer and just praying about it. Um, and, you know, he can deal with you on your job with that, with submission. So there's certain things. Uh, how about just uh, obeying the speed limit? <laughs> things of that nature people don't think about. But those are breaking laws. And so we have to submit to what the laws are that have been established or what the rules are. Sometimes people don't want to obey just common rules. And it's important that you do. Okay, so let's look at a couple of scriptures here. Ephesians 5, verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, and varieties of tongues. And so this is an, an order, a ranking order. God believes in order and structure. Okay. Acts 15, verse 2, verse 19, and verse 22. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God. And then verse uh, 22, it says, Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who, who was also named Barnabas and Silas, leading men among the brethren. And is that the end of that scripture? Leading men uh, among the brethren. So that, that particular scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians was dealing with um, the circumcision question that they had. That, you know, if you're a, a Jew, you can't really become a Christian unless you're circumcised. But, you know, you really didn't, you don't have to be circumcised. So they were dealing with this question. But they took it to like an order, a ranking order, and they submitted you know, as they passed on that responsibility, as Paul passed it on to uh, Silas and the others, Barnabas and Silas. That, is that right, Philip? That's, I'm saying that word wrong. That's not right. Name is uh, B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-B-A-
third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. And then it says in verse 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. And then this is when uh, God talks about um, love being the more excellent way. But it was just saying in this scripture that everybody doesn't do all of these gifts because everybody doesn't have them all. And if they did, definitely training would be important. Because um, part of your training is having the ability and opportunity to exercise the gift and to practice and that's what this prophetic uh, institute is all about, is being able to grow, exercise it, and mature as a, a prophetic individual, a prophetic minister. Amen? Yeah. Romans 12, 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Not only a measure of faith has he given us, he's also given us each a measure of grace. And that's going to be the next, um, our next point that we're going to talk about. And then Hebrews 12, verses 14 and 15. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this may become defiled. So the root of bitterness can really cause a person to be defiled. Wow. That's a, a powerful word. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And then grace is our next uh, core value. Let none of us think more highly of himself or herself than he, she ought. Remember that this is just one of the gifts. All the gifts are needed and necessary. Love must be our motive, our modus operandum. Don't allow your personal ego to get so attached to a word or the response to it that a root of bitterness grows up to defile many. Wow. So you don't want to release, and I don't want to be in a setting where somebody's releasing something out of a, a sick heart, you know, someone that's bitter and that's maybe angry and, and it's not releasing it in love. Remember, our words are so powerful. And a lot of times, real supernatural people that are very sensitive, they're discerning, they'll, they'll know. And, and what it does, it just makes you so angry. And you want somebody to set that person down. <laughs> you know, because it's almost like, I hate to use the word uh, vomiting, but it's, you know, that's kind of like it is. And, and that does happen. It's sad to say it does happen in some settings. People need, that's why you need training. 
and everybody doesn't get training. They really do need to have training, especially before they're allowed to minister to God's people. Okay, so under grace, 1 Corinthians 12, we read that one already. And which other one here? Let me see. Well, maybe, did I read all those already? Yes. We're going to go to confirmation now. Com confirmation of a word, of your word. In other words, it's being, uh, your word is being judged. Don't be hasty to present a strong word. Let it be established by two or three witnesses. The word of God is always one of the witnesses. The word itself, it lines up with the word of God. Submit such a word to someone over you in authority and don't act without their uh, release to do so. Some words will need to be tabled as we wait upon the Lord. It may or may not come off the table. We will reject or we reject a prophet or prophecy when it is hearsay. Uh, they obviously have impure motives. The prophet is not called but self-appointed. They are ignorant and rebellious. They are divisive. Very easy to point people out like that. So you'll, you'll run into them if you haven't already run into some of them. Um, it just, I think it depends on the setting. If, it, if it's in a setting or a church or somewhere where it's, where it's allowed, you'll see more of it. If there's places that have, there's order and structure in that, that church and that ministry, you're not going to see a whole lot of that because they won't allow it. They have, they have been trained. Okay, the next core value is consecration. All, we're always in a, a mode of being consecrated. You know, uh, the term or the phrase living a fasted life. It's always important to um, make changes in our life and stick with them. Stick with the changes as we grow and God gives us more. He expands our ability to receive more of him. You know, it's, it's not that he trusts one person more than he trusts another. It's that they have been promoted because they've earned it. So consecration is important. Move as God, uh, or Holy Spirit leads you in your consecration. There'll be certain things that he will have you um, give up or do. In a consecration. Uh, I think it was Chanel. What time you got a prophetic word about the tongue. Or the mouth. And the words coming released. And um, she and I had talked about that. Because I remember having a strong word like that. Early in my uh, training. And it was God had put a. He put a bridle on my mouth. So he was anything that I would say. I had to have it checked. Before I said it. Because um, he begins to show you stuff and tell you stuff. And everything he shows you and tells you, you're not supposed to say. Because you're learning. He's teaching you. He's training you. And you'll probably hear people say, and I do this sometimes. I heard, and my husband does this a lot too. You'll hear he, Holy Spirit speaking to you and you'll say, okay, God, I'll do that. And you'll look and say, who are you talking to? <laughs> well, you know, they're talking to God's talking to him. <laughs> so um, everything that he does is, is for you and it's for your growth and it's not always for someone else. And, and sometimes people get that backwards. Most of the time it's for you. Uh, you know, until you, get to a, until you get to a level where you have been 
license ordained and released into ministry. And he's given you your, uh, your, your sphere of influence, who you are to speak to. Then he will, he will give you words that affect that, that people group. Okay. Uh, and they will come. You will know when they're, when they're for, for them and when they're not for them or when you, who it is for very seldom. Like for me, I very seldom get, uh, individual words for people anymore as I used to in my growing and development. Now it's more for the church, the body of Christ, because that's who I'm called to minister to is to, to the body. Um, I don't know if we had some scriptures for consecration, but oh yeah, Exodus 19.10. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. God was really into being clean, <laughs> right? Clean hands, clean heart. Uh, Joshua 3 and 5. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Okay, and then under, um, see, was there something else to read under this one here for you guys for consecration? Okay, God desires to do amazing things among us, but we must live a consecrated lifestyle before the Lord. Prophetic ministry is an awesome responsibility and should be utilized with the greatest of care and with the blessing of a life set apart unto the Lord. All ministry team members carry a special responsibility to abstain from sin, to devote themselves to prayer and the word, to be fully engaged in corporate worship. That means be in a church and be a member and submit it to the local church and leadership. Because that's where your growth and development comes from as well, because we all need to be fed. We all need the pastor to feed us and we, we need all the gifts all five of the five-fold ministry gets to, to be effective, to be healthy, a healthy uh, organism, <laughs> a healthy person. Um, the other part of that is, is that protection that you have in having covering. Because your, your pastors will pray for you, and they'll pray for you every day. There's some pastors that call out those individuals' names one by one and covers their in prayer. And then as they're, as they're praying, Holy Spirit will give them certain things about what's going on with that person. So it's, it's that, that's what God has called them to do is to shepherd the sheep. Okay. Okay, we'll move on now to confidentiality, number seven. Proverbs eleven thirteen. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. And then Proverbs 20, verse 19. He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Some people, all they want to do is gossip. Right? About somebody. And then confidentiality. Confidentiality is a supreme value. A gossip portrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. We are merely male men who deliver the message and keep confidence as opening someone else's mail is a felony. 
we must treat the prophetic ministry with the same responsibility. Private words are to be kept in confidence and kept confidential. Okay, any questions on any of, any of those areas? No, no questions? Okay, so briefly, yes, one question. Um, I, say your question again. I'm sorry. Okay, this is in the submission. Uh huh. The prophet submits to the pastor, chief prophet, or apostle. Uh huh. Depending on yeah, the house. It depends on the house, yeah. Because, you know, I know what you're saying. There's certain churches that that's their thrust, especially if their founder is apostle. Well, the they don't have an apostolic house. But all houses, all, all churches, especially very, very few churches, have apostles well, <laughs> apostles as their point person. And in that case, that's why I said pastor. But then again, how many churches in Omaha are prophetic or apostolic? A handful. It's more than what it used to be when we were coming up. We were like the only one. Me and us and uh, Love Deliverance. Huh? I don't know. There's more now. Because there's more that have come out of Love Deliverance that they have started. There's about four churches here started from under his, under him. Um, I don't know as far as Pastor McGee if there's any churches. I know there's maybe some ministries but not churches. So, but that this is an example right here of what you find in most cities and communities is that very few churches have were founded by an apostle or started by an apostle. You guys speak up because you're being recorded. Um, most pastors, they're not in tune with prophetic. Some, yeah, some are. Some, a lot of times the pastors, they're aware of it. That's they're aware right. of it, and I don't know if the word in tune is the word. What it is is that they're just not embracing the prophetic. That's in tune. Same yeah, same well, same. so in other words, you still, the prophet that's in that place, the prophet that's been released and given the option or the um, authority to address issues like that, that's where the people would go. Like that's the chief prophet. Yeah, exactly. As far as I know, I'm the only prophet here in this church. But I'm acknowledged as one by the pastor. And we're putting in place a prophetic ministry. And so I think as far as this area, this community in Omaha metro area you're probably not going to find too many that are doing it and it's sad but you know the biggest reason why is because the devil has fought against the prophetic which is the voice of God the word of God why wouldn't he want to not have the voice of God be released and people be set free and know how to hear from God on their own how, look how much successful people would be in pro progressing in their walk with, with the Lord I'm going to end this tape here.